Welcome back to the Oklahoma Today podcast, bringing you all the best our state has to offer. If you, like us, have been missing Tulsa's fabulous Gilcrease Museum while the new facility is under construction, you're going to love today's guest. We're talking to Allison Rossi with the Gilcrease in Your Neighborhood program, which is bringing fine art all over the Tulsa area. But first, our insanely topical question of the week. We asked you, what's your favorite piece of art? First up is Editor-in-Chief Nathan Gunner. It's such a broad question. Like I feel like there's so much art and there's so much that qualifies as art, but right off the top of my head, my favorite painting is probably The Poet by Pablo Picasso. So I'm going to just say that. I'm just going to leave that there. Uh, I have a lot. I mean, I don't know. It's hard because I love art and I love creativity and I don't know. My favorite piece of art is the one with the creativity in it. <laughs> the one with, you know, that one that I'm talking about, that yeah. piece of that art, that creative thing that somebody the, put creatively it's, that it's, time. It's big, but also a little bit small. It's kind of far away, but near. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like a landscape, the the people, but also a still but also life, not. but also an action mm-hmm. thing, but also super abstract, mm-hmm. but also a song and a movie <laughs> and a piece of art. Um, yeah, that's that. That's fine. Directed by Wolfgang so Mozart. <laughs> exactly. I don't know. I have a lot of favorite movies, a lot of favorite songs, a lot of favorite, a lot of, I just love art. So right. that's, that's a hard one. Managing editor Carly Ibarra, have you ever seen art? I have seen art. Do you as like a matter it? Of fact, I do like it. I like a lot of art too. Um, but my favorite art is Judas Lang Halifernes by Artemisia Gentilesi. That is such a cool, she's like cutting the king's head wow. off. And she was one of the, um, one of the few female artists from the Renaissance. And it's just an absolutely beautiful painting, and it's very violent. So I this love just it. took on a very NPR kind of energy. This podcast, I like it. I'm here for it. Me too. Yeah. Uh, photo editor Megan Rossman, first time seeing art. Yes. Um, the I really like AJ Fossick, who is a he creates these these 3D wood sculptures. Well, I guess that's implied with a sculpture. Um, <laughs> these very visceral animal things. Um, it's hard to explain, but A.J. Fossick is his name. Also, Richard Scarry has long <laughs> been a big yeah. inspiration of mine. Scary. Yeah. Yes, Busy Town. Yeah. And I also have just pretty much been inspired by Dracula. So, <laughs> Richard Scarry and Dracula. and Not the character, the artist Dracula. And the book. Oh, and it's so the film. Scary. It's very I, I love, artistic. Yeah, it's yes. beautiful. I yeah, love the film by read, Francis actually. Ford Coppola, too, their costume designer. Just yeah. like, I want to I want her to design my clothes. I can't remember her name though. She died. She was Japanese. She won an Academy Award. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. That's a a good one. It's very topical for the month too. Like Dracula is a good October read. Mm -hmm. It is. There is a version on Audible where Tim Curry narrates it and it is amazing. Wow. Yes. Check that out. I might actually pay for Audible to (laughs) listen to that. (laughs) Research editor Ben Lucian. Well, I didn't know Dracula wrote a book, so I'll have to check that one. Uh, It was a tell-all. Yes. My favorite painting, uh, just all of all time, is dogs playing poker. I don't think (laughs) I need to elaborate on that. Who is that by? Who actually was Um, that by? You know, I forget the name of the artist, but he did do a like an entire series of dogs, not only playing poker but doing all sorts of things like they're dogs, yes, and they're playing poker. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will say my favorite piece of art that I own is 
the artist, the local artist Tammy Conover, did a mm. a soul painting for me. Oh, cool. oh that's cool. Yes. We had Tammy in the magazine. Yes, yeah. she did a. She like read my soul and put it on the canvas, Jackson Pollock style. Wow. Uh, it, it's a great. A uh, great centerpiece of art that will be on my walls forever. That's awesome. Uh, a depiction of my soul. I love that. But she didn't read your soul to filth, right? She's, that, she's no, you beat me no. to it. That's totally the joke uh, I was about to make. No, <laughs> it was like uh, somebody read my soul for filth. <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, my my soul, I, I guess, like represented of uh, like she saw like prosperity in it. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Which I, you know, I'm hoping that is uh, you in, her, in the future. Yes. Yeah. I like that. That's good. Greg, what is your salt? You know, let's not yeah. Yeah, open that. Nope. Let's nope. I'm, I'm deathly afraid to know what my soul says. <laughs> that, is, that is information I would like to die not knowing. Uh, I think the best kind of art is the stuff that you return to over and over again. Um, oh, finding yeah. new things to love. For me, that is Kurt Vonnegut's novel, Mother Night. Um, oh, yeah. I love a lot of visual art. Uh, Picasso's Guernica. Um, the lo- uh, works of all, all our uh, local muralists, I think are really great, but oh, yeah. but when it comes yeah. to something that I have revisited time and time again over the years and, and keep finding new meaning in it, it's it's Mother Night by That's Kurt good. Vonnegut. I like that. Uh, here's what you guys had to say. Not much. <laughs> uh, Clint Stone uh, said the Sky Chord by Sam Gilliam, which is at the OKC MOA. Oh, good. Um, good and Marvin right. Hawkins uh, actually posted a photo, if you want to check out our uh, Facebook, of uh, these beaded uh, beadwork moccasins by the artist Yonavia um, that uh, that apparently won an award in mm. Santa Fe. Uh, but very lovely. So I, I guess this Ooh. was, as Nate said, it was it was a very broad it's topic very broad, and maybe a little broad too topic. broad. I actually have a I have a I have an addendum to my answer. Okay. About it because um, and it's also a shameless plug mm. for our November December issue, which we're finishing up tomorrow, which is all the murals in Colony. Yeah. Yeah, and all the public art there. It's got more public art per capita than any other place in the world, according to them. That is, but I actually <laughs> believe it because they have a hundred people and tons of public art. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, yeah. and and honestly, I I was gonna say yeah for people who who don't yet have a favorite piece of art, head to Colony. Go to Colony. Uh, you'll you'll be spoiled for choice. Yep. Uh, okay, let's talk to Allison Rossi from uh, the Gilcrease Museum in Tulsa about Gilcrease in your neighborhood. Oh, art lovers, we are so happy to welcome in Allison Rossi. She is the the Ann and Henry Zero Foundation Director of Learning and Community Engagement at Gilcrease Museum. Uh, and she's going to talk to us a little bit about Gilcrease in your neighborhood. Uh, Allison, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me today, Greg. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, well, so uh, tell us a little bit. Um, the Gilcrease, obviously, is one of Oklahoma's premier art galleries and museums, uh, but uh, but there's a whole new museum coming. And in the meantime, you guys are making sure that people get to still see smart. Exactly. Yeah. We are closed for construction right now for the next couple of years, but we really wanted to make sure that we still have a presence in the community and that we're bringing our collection to the communities of Tulsa. And this is something that through community conversations, a series of community conversations starting in the fall of 2020, people told us that they wanted. They told us that they wanted us to come out to them and their neighborhoods. And they also said that they wanted to have a pop-up exhibition. So here we are. That's really great, you know, and and to hear from people directly, you know, this is what we want. This is, we we love your art. We want to see more of it. Uh, Please, please come to us and enrich our communities. That's got to be a pretty good feeling. It is, you know, I think that the museum right now 
is not just creating a new building. We're rebuilding the way that we work from the inside out. And a lot of that is focused on our visitors and making sure that we center our communities and everything that we do. So listening and responding is, is part of our practice. And I'm excited to be able to, to realize a project that is really um, every step of the way been something that the community has been a part of. Yeah. Well, and I would imagine the other benefit to having all this uh, uh, artwork. So it's it's um, 31 places around uh, the Tulsa area. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah, we have 31 different sites all across the Tulsa area. And they they really range, you know, not just um, by area of the city. We're trying to cover the whole city, but really thinking about the kinds of places people are going to visit, you know, in their daily life. So we have parks and libraries as uh, really important partners. We also have different community centers. We have places where people are getting social services. We have public markets. So we want people to encounter these works of art in unexpected places, you know, in places where they go every day. And we hope that it can make their day and their life just a little bit better. Well, you know, I always think about when I visit museums and, and even uh, during my visits to the Gilcrease, you guys uh, a few years back had this amazing exhibit of uh, Pulitzer Prize winning um, uh, photography that just uh, was so mind blowing, really touching. I, the, the whole staff from Oklahoma Today was there. And, and honestly, uh, there was kind of like a I got to sit down for a minute and process this. I think that being able to experience some of uh, the fine art from the Gilcrease in, like you said, unexpected areas um, while you're shopping for, for, you know, fresh produce, while you're uh, while you're signing your kids up for for an after school event, that sort of stuff. And then experiencing that art in those contexts, I think, has probably got to help kind of shift the perception of art a little bit. And I, I, I would guess maybe that's kind of what you guys want is to get the idea of art out of this sort of stuffy museum idea and more, how does this uh, affect my reality? How does this reflect my, my life? Yeah. I'm really glad that you touched on that, Greg, because you're absolutely right. You know, I think museums have this reputation as being kind of elitist institutions, but I think at their core, they're, they're really about people, you know, um, telling people stories and serving people who want to visit them. And especially in, in this particular case, you know, Gilcrease is owned by the city of Tulsa mm -hmm. and this renovation is being funded by our taxpayers, you know, so we really want people to feel like this museum is for you. And it really is, you know, every step of the way, as I mentioned, people have been involved in the process from helping us to select locations um, to helping us vote for the artworks that are going to be displayed. Um, community partners that that signed on for this and want to be on board for this and will help us with the programming. So we're really excited to be able to shift perceptions, you know, about who this is for. It's for everyone yeah. and um, the impact that it can make on, on people's lives in some way. Absolutely. Well, I you know, I, I can't imagine many of the times that I've been dragging my screaming children around um, uh, there and they're only they're screaming because I'm a bad parent. It's not I'm not doing anything particularly bad at the moment. Uh, it's just sort of a general hum of scream for my kids. But, um, you know, that can be really taxing on a parent. I think that being in line sometimes and that your office is calling you and you're getting texts and and then you look up and you see, you know, this this 
piece of beauty, this, this, uh, this artwork. And it's got to, I really do. I I'm, I'm as fascinated and interested, I think, uh, as anybody to see how this is going to uh, affect people. Um, you know, one thing that I was really, uh, I loved was that, uh, you guys did, you hold, you held a, a vote, uh, and got that input from people. Um, and, uh, were you surprised at all by the results? Were you surprised by the, by the, um, by the response? Sure, I, I was. And I think that um, your point, you know, about context and about audience, you know, who this is for um, kind of rolls into that a little bit. I'm a parent, too, and I've been there with the screaming kids. You know, <laughs> I think a lot of people have. And um, not everybody has time to set aside, you know, two hours for a museum visit. Yeah. And even when we reopen the museum, I think we're going to have new opportunities for people to enjoy and explore um, in whatever way they can and however much time they have. Um, but in this particular case, yeah, just having a moment. And we've really designed, you know, everything about this exhibition to be really accessible for people to enjoy for however long they have to stand there and experience this. Um, we have, first of all, the, the labels themselves are bilingual, making sure that we have Spanish and English text, um, because we realize that, you know, a lot of people in Tulsa, Spanish is their first language. Um, we also have QR codes there for people to be able to, if they want to dig a little bit deeper, they can um, pull up an, an augmented reality experience that they can have fun with. It can just be kind of a moment to play with their kids um, or with anybody that they're with, you know, and to connect with the group. Maybe they're even standing there with someone that they've never met before, you know, and they're having fun looking at something together. Um, we'll also have another QR code that links directly to the museum's website, uh, where we have a landing page for this project that gives people the opportunity to dig deeper and learn a little bit more about the work of art, the project. Um, we'll have fun things like uh, a reading, a companion reading list that the Tulsa City County Library has put together for us. We have a fun Spotify playlist. We have maker videos, you know, curatorial video. Um, so there are lots of ways for people to be able to engage with the artwork. And, you know, whether it's a coloring page that they're going to be able to download or reading a label, doing the AR experience, or just standing there looking at a work of art slowly and enjoying it. You know, uh, the, the interaction, I think, is one thing that really struck out to me about this project is you guys have, um, I think that the idea, the classic idea of how people uh, consume art is that you stand there and you look at it and you think about it and then, you know, suddenly you're struck by some great truth about the universe. Uh, and, and, and that's not how everybody actually consumes art. And, and again, this is it, it for me, it's so exciting to hear uh, a, a gallery, a museum really putting that emphasis on the viewer um, and, and meeting people where they are uh, with art rather than trying to, um, uh, I, I think you, you mentioned that um, the feeling of art as sort of uh uh, there's a distance sometimes between people and art. Um, they feel like maybe they're not getting it. They feel like maybe this isn't for them. And by putting it in these places and by making, you know, Spotify playlists and, and AR, uh, uh, augmented reality stuff, I think that's a really interesting way to kind of break through some of those walls that we've set up between us and art. Yeah. And I think, I think that is a really important part of the work that we're doing here you know, literally and figuratively meeting people where they are, you know, whether they're, you know, in their daily life, um, 
whether they're headed to the grocery store or the walking their dog or whatever that is. And then also thinking about how much time do they have? Not everybody has two hours, you know, yeah. today, maybe they have three minutes, you know? And I think that kind of goes back to your question that I didn't answer. I'm sorry, earlier no, no, uh, regarding the voting piece, you know, we wanted to make sure that we were meeting people where they are. We can come up with lots of images that we think fit, you know, and some of that was for us, you know, we have 31 sites, um, we have the same image at all of the sites at the same time and it's rotating. And that image, um, we wanted to make sure that, you know, it had to had to meet certain criteria, you know, in this context, um, does this work also is the aspect ratio, you know, or the dimensions <laughs> of this work for all three, but, but really thinking about, uh, works of art that what do people want to see? You know, we, we let people choose that. And you asked if I was surprised, I kind of was because, you know, uh, the Gilchrist collection is a lot more diverse than people might think. We have a lot of yeah. contemporary art, you know, for example, and people don't know that. Um, and we wondered what people would choose. And I will say that um, it surprised me initially. And then upon further consideration, it it was it made perfect sense because I think the last couple of years have been really tough for people. And all of the images that were chosen, in my opinion, um, really speak to this need to connect with nature, um, to create a sense of harmony in our lives. And I'm really happy that we can provide an opportunity for people to be able to relax, um, enjoy something that they might find beautiful. Um, it might distress in some way. And one of the goals of the project, you know, is to help people, you know, to help promote wellness, not just individual wellness, but collective wellness as a city sure. and looking at the same image, going back to that, why the same image, you know, um, we'll have three different images throughout the course of the program and, and the year ahead, but there'll be three months at a time, the same image, then it'll rotate the next three months. And then a third one again for that last cycle. But I really loved the idea of people having this kind of shared experience um, this kind of shared cultural touchstone, even if it's just an image that they all recognize and can talk about. And I think, you know, when we get people to talk to one another and understand one another and have shared experiences, that can also create opportunities for wellness in addition to programs that we have that are specific to wellness, whether that is, you know, hiking together, art making together, um, whether that's creating, making food together or um, just having fun, you know, with, with your friends and loved ones. Yeah. You know, uh, that is, uh, I'm, I'm really taken with that idea of having that shared experience with this being everywhere. And then uh, I really, the, the next thing I want to know is, is for someone experiencing it individually, how does looking at this painting in this one place change the view of seeing the painting in this other place? Um, and it's like, oh, I saw this and I was uh, I was over here at this park and they're like, no, 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 you gotta go and head over because when you see it at the community center, it's a completely different sort of painting. That is so, that's really cool. I'm, I'm blown away by that. I love that idea. Yeah, I'm really curious, you know, how people respond to the images in different contexts, you know, um, about 10 of our sites, so a little under a third are outdoor sites, you know, mm -hmm. and they are in parks and um, natural spaces and green spaces. And how someone 
encounters that work of art, you know, when they're on a hike at Keystone Ancient Forest or Turkey Mountain, which are two of our sites, um, is going to be different than where so, how someone experiences this at the Indian Healthcare Resources Center yeah. or at the Equality Center or at Family and Children's Services or the Dream Center or even in, you know, in a local library. So I, I will be really curious to see um, how people understand the work and connect to it differently at those sites um, and also how the programming can shape that a little bit, which we're, we're working on right now, hard at work planning with our community partners. I would be really interested to see if this becomes just an absolute runaway hit. Um, if, if this is something you guys would would consider uh, continuing even after the, the museum buildings reopen. I hope so, Greg. You know, I think it has a lot of I think there's a lot of potential here to to evolve this in some way. And um, I think I don't want to get too far ahead of myself because, <laughs> you know, the next year is going to, I think, a lot of things are going to happen that we don't plan for. And that's kind of exciting. You know, when we put these works of art out into the community, the museum is, is also kind of relinquishing control. Yeah. I hope people do cool and weird things like, all right, we're going to do yoga poses at all the different sites, or we're going to name a coffee after this one or whatever it is like I, that kind of grassroots participation and letting people take control of, of creative responses. Um, people are so creative and interesting and they're going to come up with things that we never would have thought of. And I love that. Um, you know, and I will say a big part of this project will be evaluation, ongoing evaluation. How's it going? You know, every step of the way and between cycles, we're going to have an opportunity to do micro changes. So if people are like, AR things great, or it's not working for me, we can shift that, you know, the next cycle or the third cycle, or everybody loves these kind of big festival programs, or, hey, you need a bigger text or whatever that <laughs> is, you know, we can make those changes. Um, but ultimately, yeah, it's something that, you know, however it takes shape, I mean, are people responding well to this being all the same work of art? And we're going to be asking for a huge amount of community feedback. So this continues to be a dialogue. Yeah. And we want Tulsans to continue to tell us what they want um, and how we can how we can meet their needs and their desires, you know, through this project, because it's not for us. It's not for the museum. It's for everyone else. And if we're not asking how it's going and people aren't telling us how it's going, then we're not doing our job to make it better, you know, in the next iteration. Absolutely. Well, uh, folks, Gilcrease in your neighborhood is uh, is coming this month. It is going to be running for the next year. Um, if you're not in and around Tulsa, get there. I've heard they have roads now. Uh, you can just drive that direction uh, and you'll be able to see some of this stuff. But uh, also uh, visit gilcrease.org and there's going to be some more information on there uh, about uh, about this program. And then uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, a really good way to keep up with some of these different sites is going to be on your social media. Is that right? Absolutely. Yeah, we'll we'll be definitely sharing all about locations and partners, um, some of the fun events that we have, you know, for example, um, on Sunday, October 23rd, we have a big launch for this program um, called Forest Festival, which gives you a little bit of a hint about the first work <laughs> of art that was chosen. 
And that will be held at Central Library from 1 to 5 p.m. on October 23rd. So we would love for people to come. It's going to be an extremely fun, action-packed day uh, where people can enjoy all kinds of different activities. So uh, we'll be sharing lots of information about that program, all of our sites, and, and many of the future programs. I think we have 14 or 15 public programs um, already planned for this, along with things like spot talks, uh, mindfulness-based experiences that our docents and staff are going to be leading. So there's there's a lot of ways that people can enjoy this and connect with it. Man, I am I'm so excited. I'm gonna get out there and uh I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you right now, Allison, I'm gonna look at this art hard. Uh people might be a little shocked. They're gonna be like, is it okay for him to be looking that hard? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna get right up on it. Uh folks, uh, Gilcrease in your neighborhood is starting uh here in October. It sounds like such a cool program. And Allison, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, I hope we can uh, talk to you again and check back with you and see how this is going. Thanks so much, Greg. I hope you do. And I hope you I hope you do look hard. I want to know what you have to say about it, too. <laughs> I'm excited for that place to come back. I love the Gilcrease. It's such a good collection. It is. Yeah. It is. I'm really looking forward to when it is returned to us. This program, mm -hmm. I really I love the idea of having the same piece of art all over the city mm -hmm. um, and really kind of connecting disparate people in places. I thought that was such a cool idea. And I really hope that it, uh, it continues even after the museum's open because uh, yeah. it sounds like such a cool idea. That is. Uh, all right. It's time to uh, once again plumb the depths of TravelOK.com's calendars for our weekly podvents. And first up this week is Ben. Finding new recipes online can be a lot of fun when done responsibly. But venture too far into the TikTok rabbit hole and suddenly you find yourself messily folding through countertop spaghetti on a Wednesday evening. <laughs> He thought the dishes were a lot. Wait until you have to clean all that up. <laughs> That's why I have always lived by the philosophy that if you find yourself in a situation where top cooks are competing for your approval and you don't and they'll do their own dishes afterwards, you should take advantage of that. With that in mind, there's no way you can miss the chili on the green cook-off championship this Saturday on Tulsa's Guthrie Green. After purchasing a testing kit for $10 or two for $15, you can sample competition chilies from the Homestyle, Verde, Red, and Corporate Team categories with no limits. It'll be a bit like having a live and in-person perusing of recipe blogs, except you won't have to hear about how tomatoes remind the cook of the trip of his parents in 2003 to the Mediterranean, which came after his mom, who always smells like lavender's wrist surgery for from a lifetime of clerical work. <laughs> Unless you ask about it. <laughs> Plus, this time around, you'll be able to cast your vote for your favorite and hopefully help some great chili chef win a trophy and actual prize money, which is a bit more satisfying than leaving a star rating on allrecipes.com. If, for some reason, you need any other motivation to attend, there will be live music, a karaoke competition, and ice-cold beer for sale. For more information, call 918-281-9959 or visit chilionthegreen.com. Wow. So if somebody starts talking to you about their personal life, can you just be like, jump to recipe, jump to recipe? <laughs> <laughs> I'm always looking for new chili recipes. Every Valentine's Day, we rent a hotel room with a heart-shaped tub and make chili in it. <laughs> Sorry, that's a 30 Rock joke. <laughs> That'll be the new countertop. <laughs> Hot tub chili. <laughs> Check out our TikTok. <laughs> 
Oh, boy. Uh, all right, Megan, what's your event this week? The structural makeup of wine is more complex than blood serum and tastier to most people, too. <laughs> a single glass has more antioxidants than seven cups of orange juice. Plus, unlike in ancient Rome, it is not punishable by death for women to drink wine now. So come on down to the Guthrie Wine Festival on October 15th, where starting at 9 a.m., men and women alike will freely indulge in the fruits of human labor in the city's charming historic downtown area. Along with booze, visitors will swallow goods from on-site food trucks and other food vendors. Plus, admission is free, pets are welcome, and there will be plenty of shopping, so it will be a good opportunity to get started on your Christmas gift list while you quench your thirst. For more information, visit herdevents.com calendar, and herd is spelled H-E-I-R-D. So herdevents.com calendar. Or just drive to Guthrie on October 15th between 9 and 5. And, you know. The earlier the better. Earlier the better. Get morning wine. Yeah. But but if you're taking pets, I would say show up around 11 because you want all those morning drunks to just be like, I want to pet your dog. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, no, I just love the idea of all these people showing up in Guthrie like 9 a.m. on a Saturday. Where's my wine? (laughs) Where's my wine? Yeah. That's fun. I once went to a wine festival in the morning. And then I hiked up to a mountain, and I didn't remember how I got up there. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, yeah. that sounds. That's but really you made fun. it back. Well, the news and here I said the, yeah. the news documented how we got back. So well, I was in Slovenia. <laughs> I didn't, you know, it was, I don't know. There was wine, and then I was at, in, at a castle on top of a mountain, and I don't remember how those two events connected. Well, that sounds much more glorious than a lot of drunk wandering it, people I, I think do. that if people go to this event early in the morning, they should probably plan to take some water and be more careful than yes. I was at 20. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. And maybe lift home. And yeah. maybe yeah. they'll, maybe or they won't, you Go know. with someone who doesn't drink. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If We're you, all about safety here at Oklahoma. Yeah. If you do end up in Slovenia after being at the mm-hmm. Guthrie Slovenia, Wine Festival. All, yeah, it's all... Something the, has gone there. Yeah, <laughs> if you go, if your memories take you from the Guthrie Wine Festival to Ljubljana, Slovenia with nothing in between, then you should probably contact the police. There's been a, yeah, I don't know what you should there's do. There's been a human trafficking situation. <laughs> All right. Uh, Nate, what's your event this week? I don't know. Uh, ooh, I was right. I said I'm going to turn my phone off and someone's going to call, and I did, and it did. Um, okay, so I'm going to tell you about the place that I spent the end of the world for my event. You know, guys, you guys remember when the world totally ended in December 2012 and all those people mm-hmm. who told us the world was going to end in December 2012 because of an erroneous 21st century interpretation of a centuries-old Mayan calendar and how the world totally did absolutely 100% end in December 2012 and none of us exist anymore because you can totally believe everything you read on the internet, especially when it contradicts the work of people who spent their whole lives studying science and physics and ancient Mayan calendars. So anyway, uh, on the day in December 2012 when the world totally, absolutely, 100% did end, I was at Spiral Mounds Archaeological Center, the only prehistoric indigenous site in Oklahoma that's open to the public. And if you've never been, or if like me, it's been too long since you've been, might I encourage you to visit on Saturday, October 15th for International Archaeology Day, during which Spiral Mounds will feature informative lectures about the history of the mounds starting at 11 a.m. and a walking tour around the site led by manager Dennis Peterson starting at 2 a.m. or 2 p.m. In between, you can wander among the scenic beauty of the place, watch live flint napping demonstrations, play educational games, and speak with one of the many archaeologists who will be on site. 
and if you want to turn it into a whole weekend of fun, might I recommend booking one of the lovely lakeside cabins at Lake Worcester State Park, then heading into Poto for dinner at Warehouse Willie's, where you'll eat one of the state's best steak, and that's not Spawn Con, you guys. No one told me to say that. I just really love Lake Worcester, Poto, and Warehouse Willie's, uh, and it's all right there. And they have gumbo. They have really good gumbo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, for more information on International Archaeology Day at Spiral Mounds, call 918-962-2062, or visit okhistory.org and click the link link that says museums and historic sites. Just so we're clear, it's uh, Warehouse Willie's has gumbo, not the Spiral Mounds, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I just I, don't I, want people showing I up. Actually, I, I'm not, I don't know if the Spiral Mounds has gumbo. No, I if, wouldn't count on it. If they do, you probably don't want to eat it. If you get there and you think to yourself, I would it's like some gumbo. gumbo. Poto's like a 20-minute drive. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> go to Warehouse Willie's. They definitely have it. What's your event this week? It's a good one. Halloween, a.k.a. the entire month of October, isn't just an excuse to stab pumpkins, overindulge on sugar, and let your kids run around the neighborhood demanding candy from strangers. It's also the time of year when people can show off their imagination and love of obscure pop culture. Add dogs to that mix, and you have a holiday that rivals any other. During the Spooky Pooch Parade at 2 p.m. on October 16th, the myriad gardens in Oklahoma City will overflow with ghoulish German shepherds, chilling chihuahuas, weird rhymer rhiners, and much more. Though this is technically a competition, there will be first, second, and third place winners in small and large breeds. The spirit of the event is more merry and less scary. Visit myriadgardens.org for more info. And also, I didn't say this, but put your dog on a leash. It has to be in a a leash if you want to bring it. (laughs) Anywhere, anywhere you go in public, put your dog on a leash. Yes, Yes, please. Yeah. Yes. What do you got, Greg? Well, uh... That sounds fun. Anyway, moving on. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Tis the season to scare ourselves silly, from the mild jump scares of Hocus Pocus 2 (laughs) to those weirdos who want to spend the night in an abandoned mental hospital for the criminally insane. October is the month in which we are more eager to be frightened. And what's scarier than agriculture? Anyone paying attention to the news knows that life is hard for our ranchers and farmers constantly being squeezed by market pressures. Then there's the Tonkawa Haunted Sale Barn, which is less of an existential terror and more of an, oh God, oh God, that gore-covered clown with the chainsaws coming after us. Can you survive the doll room? Yeah, they, mm-hmm. it's no nope. creepy wow. no, doll I room. I believe. Uh, what about Silent Hill? And if you make it all the way through, there's free popcorn to settle your frayed nerves. The Haunted Sale Barn opens this week and runs Thursday, Friday, and Saturday nights through, what a coincidence, Halloween. Tickets are $10 and can be purchased at TonkawaHauntedBarn.com. I literally didn't buy a house one time because the seller had filled it with dolls. <laughs> and the real estate agent was like, well, the dolls are going with the seller. And I'm like, says you. <laughs> hmm. But will they return? Uh, yeah, I couldn't I couldn't count yeah. on that, so I didn't buy the house. I, I get you. Yeah. I understand totally. It's creepy. Well, the sound of me getting spooked watching the Ag Report means that this episode <laughs> of the Oklahoma Today podcast is coming to a close. So join us again next week, or if you just can't get enough, head to oklahomatoday.com and pick up our latest issue on newsstands right now. Send your feedback to OKTPod at TravelOK.com, and we will talk to you again next week. The Oklahoma Today podcast is a production of Oklahoma Today magazine, the Oklahoma Tourism and Recreation Department. Your hosts are Oklahoma Today editors Nathan Gunner, Greg Elwell, Carly Barra, Megan Rossman, and Ben Lucian. Theme song editing and production help by Oklahoma Today's production manager, Bridget Sloan. For more information, visit OklahomaToday.com. Goodbye! <laughs> Ooh, wow. I didn't even practice that. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. I can't wait until next week and see what you do when you've practiced. In the meantime, I will be left to shiver with anticipation.